Welcome to the Indian Ocean World Podcast. Welcome to the Indian Ocean World Podcast. My name is Peter Hind, Project Manager at McGill University's Indian Ocean World Centre. And my name is Philip Gooding, a postdoctoral fellow at the Indian Ocean World Centre. This podcast series is funded by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada as part of a wider partnership project titled Appraising Risk Past and Present, Interrogating Historical Data to Enhance Understandings of Environmental Crises in the Indian Ocean World. This partnership brings together scholars in 14 different countries across four continents to collectively analyze the ways in which humans have interacted with their environment during times of environmental crises, focusing on six dramatic epochs in the past and present of the Indian Ocean world. Through this podcast series, we will be sharing our latest research and core findings. We begin, however, with an introductory series of three episodes that will introduce you to some of the core concepts that define our work. This first podcast will discuss what is meant by the term Indian Ocean World. The second focuses on the concept of human environment interaction. And the third will discuss some of the key texts and works in the field of Indian Ocean World studies. We are joined today by Professor Gwyn Campbell, the director of the Indian Ocean World Center. His publications include An Economic History of Imperial Madagascar, 1750-1895, The Rise and Fall of an Island Empire, which is published with Cambridge University Press in 2005, and Africa and the Indian Ocean World from Early Times to Circa 1900, which is also published with Cambridge University Press and is forthcoming. He is the Principal Investigator for the Appraising Risk Past and Present Partnership, and so is the perfect guest to introduce us to some of our key terms and concepts. Gwyn, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. All right, let's begin with the basics. In the simplest possible terms, what is the Indian Ocean world and how is it defined? Well, the Indian Ocean world, um, also known under the acronym IOW, is a macro region that runs from Eastern Africa through the Middle East to South and Southeast Asia Australasia and East Asia, including China and Japan. The monsoon system is critical to your definition of the Indian Ocean world. What makes the monsoon so important for understanding the Indian Ocean world? Well, central to the concept of Indian Ocean world is the idea of human-environment interaction, something that will form the subject of another podcast. What this means is that environmental factors played as vital a role in our definition of the Indian Ocean world as human factors. And key to the concept of the Indian Ocean world, the IOW, are the monsoons, a system of winds and currents unique to the IOW that have throughout history heavily influenced the material lives of the majority of people living in the macro region. Let let me explain. The Indian Ocean world is different from the Atlantic and Pacific worlds, in that it alone has a gigantic continental cap to its north. That continent is Asia, the world's largest. Why does this make a difference? It makes a difference because during the six months of the Northern Hemisphere summer, from roughly April to September, as temperatures rise, the Asian landmass warms up. Hot air rises, and through a process of convection, sucks in air from the seas to its south, thus creating the southwest monsoon. Because this air is drawn in from the oceans, it's laden with moisture. 
So the southwest monsoon is characterized by heavy monsoon rains. However, in the northern hemisphere winter, from November to March, the reverse process occurs. In other words, the continent of Asia cools down and in so doing expels air over the oceans to its south, creating the northeast monsoon. And as this air originates from the continent of Asia, it is drier. The monsoon system in the Indian Ocean world is thus, in principle, a regular biannual system of winds and currents, driving from the southwest for six months during the northern hemisphere summer and from the northeast in the northern hemisphere winter. So the question arises, why is this so critical for human history? Basically because the southwest monsoon rains have indelibly shaped the material life of the bulk of people living in the Indian Ocean world. They have created the conditions for wet agriculture, notably rice cultivation, that char characterizes the littoral and hinterland riverine regions of Asia. They're also critical to rainfall in highland Ethiopia, the rainfall that feeds the Nile and thus agriculture in Egypt. We must remember that for the bulk of human history, well over 90% of the population have been engaged in agriculture. Moreover, seizure of agric agricultural surpluses enabled the emergence of ruling elites and states, the armies that supported them, and an artisanal and trading class that further enhanced their wealth. Additionally, the monsoon system created the context, once humans had developed the ability to construct boats and sails strong enough to handle the rough monsoon winds and the appropriate navigational skills, to engage in direct trans-oceanic sail, sailing in one direction, that is from the southwest, during the southwest monsoons, and the reverse direction, during the northeast monsoons. This occurred from around 300 BCE, over 1,000 years before Europeans started to regularly engage in transatlantic sail. The monsoon system affects the entire northern hemisphere and runs to about 12 degrees south of the equator. However, it's complemented in regions to the south of that by the southeast trades, that is, a system of perennial winds that link up with the monsoons, enabling mariners, for example sailing in the southern part of the Indian Ocean, to link into the monsoon system of winds and currents further north. So, describing it as Indian Ocean world immediately conjures an image of, well, the Indian Ocean itself. But I know that the definition of IOW goes well beyond the shore, both on land and at sea. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, it's a popular misconception that the Indian Ocean world refers only to the Indian Ocean. However, once one realises that the monsoon system is central to the concept of the Indian Ocean world, and that the monsoons affect the entire region from eastern Africa to China, then we move from Indian Ocean to Indian Ocean world. 
that is, the world impacted by the monsoon system of winds and currents. This comprises both a terrestrial sphere, including, for example, Nilotic Egypt, the entire Indian subcontinent, and the riverine plains of interior China, and a maritime sphere that incorporates not just the Indian Ocean, but also the Indonesian and the China Seas. So, the Indian Ocean world extends far beyond the Indian Ocean itself. But nevertheless, the, the ocean is central. Can you explain why? Yes, the ocean is central for two main reasons. First, it's the source of the moisture that in the form of the southwest monsoon rains has throughout human history been essential to agriculture and thus to economic, social and political culture over huge swathes of the Indian Ocean world landmass. Second, it has greatly enhanced exchange across the entire macro region. Humans have always experienced difficulty in travelling across land because of topographical and natural features such as mountains, swamps and forests. Travel on foot has always been slow, as generally has freight carried by donkey, mule or camel. The easiest has always been riverine or coastal travel by boat, but that also is hindered by such obstacles as rapids, shallows and shoals so is generally slow and limited to small boats and cargoes. By contrast, once humans had the technology to take advantage of the strong monsoon winds, they could travel vast distances quickly in big boats carrying large amounts of cargo and passengers, thus greatly enhancing long-distance exchange across the entire Indian Ocean world. All right, now to the other side of the equation then. Where does the Indian Ocean world end and why? Broadly speaking, the Indian Ocean world incorporates all terrestrial and maritime spaces directly impacted by the monsoon system and its auxiliary envir environmental factors. And by the exchange network, it permitted humans to develop. This has, of course, fluctuated according to season and over time. So as a general rule, it incorporates all regions that have a direct coastal, riverine or maritime connection to the monsoon seas, and those hinterland regions whose most significant maritime connection is to the monsoon seas. I see it, for example, extending up major rivers from their outlets into the Indian Ocean world oceans far into the continental hinterland, as well as linkages between those hinterlands as for example in the so-called Silk Road, running from the China-Mongolia border through Central Asia to Persia and on to Syria, as also into the hinterland of, say, the Indian Ocean coast of Africa, into which Indian Ocean trade routes sometimes reached as far into the interior as the Congo. Finally, I'm curious about your definition of the Indian Ocean world as a world. In what sense is the Indian Ocean world a world? Historians, for example, refer to the Atlantic world, the Mediterranean world or the Islamic world, spaces defined by trade, climate, culture or religion. 
how does the Indian Ocean world compare to these worlds? Essentially, what I'm asking here is, what makes the Indian Ocean world a world? Well, by world, we mean the development and maintenance of an extensive, durable and sophisticated system of long-distance exchange of goods, peoples, plants, animals, ideas and technologies, as on the downside of disease, weapons and harmful drugs. And in the Indian Ocean world, it was the monsoon system which enabled this network to develop. All right. Thank you. And that's about all the time we have for now. Um, it's clear from this that the environment is central to the ways in which the IOW is understood. And this will lead us nicely into the second podcast of this introductory series in which we will examine what we mean by human-environment interaction. So we look forward to discussing this topic with you then. Once again, um, I'm Peter Hind, Project Manager at McGill University's Indian Ocean World Centre. Uh, and I am Philip Gooding, a postdoctoral fellow at the Indian Ocean World Centre. Thank you to Professor Gwyn Campbell, the Director of the Indian Ocean World Centre, for his answers to our questions on the Indian Ocean World today. Until next time. The Indian Ocean World Podcast would like to acknowledge the generous support of the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. This podcast series is part of the SSHRC-funded partnership project Appraising Risk Past and Present, interrogating historical data to enhance understanding of environmental crises in the Indian Ocean world.